Yeah, it got served this ad on Facebook of a guy dressed in a big fireball costume giving out shots at a music festival. And I thought, fuck it out, that's me. Uh, that looks perfect. So I put my little application into that and... So, maybe you're about to graduate and don't know what job you want to do. Or you've been working for a few years but want to change career direction. Or maybe you just fancy taking a break a couple years out to see the world and learn who you are. Either way, if you're sat there thinking, now what, then this is the podcast for you. So sit back and listen to the stories of our guests and the decisions they've made, the good and the bad, and the times in their lives where they also went, now what? Welcome to the Now What podcast. Today we are joined by Duncan Harper, who works as the new business and route to market manager at Signature Brew, a local London brewery that's independent. He has had a fascinating journey through sales, business development, pub management, e-commerce, uh, high spirits as a brand ambassador, uh, as well as working at Majestic during COVID. A really quite interesting journey through the world of fast-moving consumer goods, specifically drinks and pubs. However, his A-levels were very science-heavy and he studied geography at John Moores in Liverpool. So let's hear a little bit about how you got into the alcohol industry and maybe what did you want to be when you were five, for example? Well, what an introduction. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for the invite. I hope I can uh, yeah, bring something a little bit different. Um, yes, I guess to start with, what did I want to be when I was five? Uh, I mean, I was I was big into being a firefighter. I um, that was my big dress up. Uh, be out there with the garden hose, spraying my family members throughout the summer. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of being a firefighter. I think after as I kind of grew up throughout primary school and early secondary, I went through a couple of iterations. Um, wanted to be a pilot. Big into aeroplanes. A bit, maybe a little bit nerdy. What about kind of 15? You're doing your GCSEs about to pick your A-levels. See, I think I think by 15 I was pretty conflicted. So on one hand, I was getting really academic. I was doing really well in my GCSEs and was kind of one of the better performers in my cohort, which was somewhat strange. Um, so yeah, really, really into sciences, looking at potentially being a, a chemist, a material scientist. Uh, something pretty super academic and, and sciencey. Uh, I guess on the other hand, really wanted to be a rock star, played in a band um, with, with some of my good mates from high school. I say played. Um, it's probably probably a bit more fun and a bit less playing, but yeah, I think I was really into that. That's probably by the point my kind of interest in music had started and was picking up instruments and. Yeah, bashing on the drum kit, and uh, yeah, I think at that point we probably all had dreams of uh, yeah making it big in in the music biz. Okay, and so what do you do now? Great question. What do I do now? So I'm currently uh, and have been since October the new business and route to market manager at Signature Brew. So we're an independent brewery based out of Walthamstow in London. We're sort of in the top three largest independent breweries in London. So we're doing something right. Uh, in terms of my role, I look after our new business agenda across channels. So 
primarily in the on-trade, um, generating customers for our beer, essentially. So that can be anyone from independent pubs, music venues, anywhere that serves alcohol, up to uh, managed groups. So your likes of Stonegate, Fuller's, um, and, then, and then across channel as well. So I work in the off-trade, so with supermarkets, convenience, and in e-commerce. So uh, anyone who sells booze online, that's one kind of part of my job. The other part is the Roots Market side of things. So Roots Market is just wholesale. Um, it's anyone that buys our beer to then sell it on to the end customer. Uh, so the reason why that's so important for our business is we're super London centric. We deliver all of our beer out of our own vans to pubs in London. Um, obviously there's a kind of limit to how big that can get. So we, uh, yeah, we're looking at bringing on board some Roots Market partners to expand out across the country, which is very exciting. And yeah, I'm looking after that bit as well. Sounds like you're pretty passionate about it, which pretty, is great. Pretty busy about it, yeah. <laughs> So let's go back a bit. When you were kind of picking your A-levels, what did you pick and why? Um, and how did it go, I guess? What did I pick and why? So I picked uh, biology, chemistry, physics and geography. So three sciences and geography. As I said, uh, I was kind of super academic throughout my GCSEs, did very well in my GCSEs um, and was brought up in a very kind of academic household. My mum was a very accomplished scientist, microbiologist. My dad um, worked in kind of finance management. He's a chartered management accountant. Uh, so kind of super, super successful in the business world. So yeah, throughout school and my upbringing was driven towards what I guess I would call hard subjects. Um, so math, science, those kind of, yeah, harder subjects. Um, so I guess I chose free sciences and geography because I thought that's what would give me the best prospects in life. And you didn't quite get the grades you wanted when you finished your A-levels and retook them. What did you learn through retaking them? Um, and what did you do differently? I think I've kind of thought about this. Maybe we're answering two questions at once here. So I'll try, I'll try and break it down a bit more chronologically. In terms of my choices, I, I struggled with A-levels because I neglected a lot of my kind of creativity and interest in the softer subjects. So for context, at GCSE, I did music, I did food tech, I did languages um, uh, and kind of more creative softer skilled subjects and absolutely loved them. The best times I had in school were doing music, we're doing food tech, we're cooking, we're kind of writing and producing music. And I, when I moved into my A-levels, I really pushed those aside and yeah, went for those, those sciences and humanities. And I think that was a massive mistake. I think that my school pushed me to do that because that's, kind of what they're measured on and they're measured on sending people to Russell groups and they're kind of as a boys school STEM is kind of the creme de la creme and the arts are maybe at least at my time I don't think this is true now but at my time the arts were probably seen as less important or less valid subjects for, for your kind of future career path so neglected those arts went for the sciences doing free sciences and the humanity, 
was way too much for me. Um, I, by that point, was starting to kind of disengage with education as well. I think because I wasn't feeling satisfied, uh, you know, across the whole spectrum of, of what, what I needed to be doing, both in terms of academia and creativity. Um, was taking a bit more liberty with the independence you get into sixth form. That Those kind of more relaxed timetables were taken as, oh, this is a chance to go to the pub with my mates, go down the calf, go home um, and not study. So, yeah, probably ended up not not doing well. So I got BBC at A-level, which in hindsight, I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, not unfortunately, but at the time, my sibling, my old, oldest sibling, love him to bit, shout out, um, is super academic, absolutely smashed it out of the park, you know, like kind of triple A, triple A star, um, caliber. A lot of my friends were highly intelligent intellectuals who were smashing it out of the park. And the expectation was you get A's at A level or, and you go to a Russell group or you fail. So although I did very well and I probably did, I probably exceeded, you know, all expectations based on the amount I was actually in school and the work I was putting in, um, like came out feeling very disappointed because of my peers and, and the kind of culture that I was in. Um, so yeah, then went on to resit, revise and resit and get better grades and go to a Russell group. So yeah, did my resits in the summer and got the exact same grades again. So in terms of what I learned through that process, evidently nothing. Um, but I guess it, it really cemented that I did want to go to uni and after those resits, I decided that I wanted to go to uni and that didn't have to be a Russell Group uni. So I knew I wanted to go to Liverpool and John Moores is a uni in Liverpool. Um, I wanted to go to Liverpool because I've got family friends up there and have spent a lot of time up there. I knew I loved the city and um, yeah, decided to, to go through clearing to John Moores to study geography. And that's probably a very long answer to your question, but I hope that's, that gives some context on, yeah, that part of my life. No, that's brilliant. And I think what you're saying about making decisions because that's what is expected of you rather than what's right for you. And I do think schools sometimes put that pressure on students to get into the Russell Group unis because it looks good for them or to go to uni when you don't need to. You know, we learn as we get older. Um, but at 16, we're very impressionable. Yeah, 100%. I would just hammer home, do the subjects that you love, not the subjects you think you should do because you will do infinitely better in something that you love. No, definitely. So you choose John Moores in Liverpool. Uh, due to your love of Liverpool as a city. And what was your experience like of university? Did you enjoy it? Uh, I absolutely loved it. I'm, yeah, it was, it was probably the best thing that, that could have happened to me, to be honest. It, it, was that, it was that bit more laid back, I think, than some of the Russell Group courses from speaking to, you know, my friends and, and, um, and peers that went to different unis. The, yeah, the uni experience was absolutely fantastic. I think... I met my people, so I was one of, I think, three people from sort of south of Birmingham on my course. So it was super Liverpool, northwest centric, course about 70, um, was was absolutely kind of ripped as a southerner, but 
yeah, I was wholeheartedly accepted. Um, the course was absolutely fantastic. It was a very practical course. So lots of time in the lab, lots of time in the field, digging up soil, all manner of surveys and actually really intense science, chemistry, biology as well, which, you know, as I said, I loved from from school and my upbringing. So it, yeah, it was a great balance. Course was great, people were great. Um, probably leans into the uni lifestyle a little bit more than the academic lifestyle, but uh, look, I think that's all part of the experience. No, I agree. I think uni is a chance to kind of find who you are and what you enjoy rather than just going to lectures. You loved it, but you haven't ended up working in geography. So how come when you graduated, you didn't try and find a role in geography? And what did you um, kind of graduate thinking about? Yeah, so I guess, like I said, the, the course was really practical and I loved that. And I got to the point where in my dissertation, I was analysing pollution from a river in South Manchester in January, um, looking at, yeah, post-industrial heavy metal pollution. And I think through that process, although I learned a lot and it was an incredible process, I decided that maybe I didn't want to be an environmental consultant, which was kind of the career path that I had um, found myself looking towards whilst at uni. Um, I think it was maybe just academic fatigue. I think I'd been learning for so long I'd been doing kind of high technical work for so long that I just thought I'd need to do something different um I don't want to necessarily sit in an office or this an environment that that's this technical and, and this intense in terms of yeah what I then wanted to do I really had no idea um I knew I wanted to stay in Liverpool I knew I loved working in hospitality. All of my friends worked in hospitality in Liverpool. So my kind of game plan was we're going to do another year on our lease and uh, yeah, we're just going to live up there and enjoy not being at uni and kind of working in hospo, which, which yeah, we, we massively did. And so you enjoyed the hospitality side and you then moved into kind of drinks industry um and more on the supply side so you were a brand ambassador for fireball how did you find that job and what was your experience doing it how i found it was uh i guess so yeah like i said came out of uni moved into the hospitality industry i started working in corporate events at the arena and conference center so that's anything from big music uh big music shows to conferences to private events parties you name it, they, they kind of do it all. So I had started working there through an agency due to my previous kind of pub and hospitality experience, did very well at that. So kind of progressed towards managing front of house teams. So looking after bar service, looking after floor service at events ranging from like 10 people to 1200 people. Um, so, I mean, that was an absolute trial by fire as you know, as as you may know, the events industry is absolute chaos at times. Um, it's it's a real kind of work hard, play hard, long hours uh, kind of industry. And through that, I 
yeah, games are an absolute love for events. We did some amazing stuff and I liked the kind of chaos and the craziness and the camaraderie of it. Um, and I guess I've probably been out of uni from, for maybe three to six months at that point. I was seeing people progressing onto different things and yeah, I was kind of thinking like, okay, this is great, but what's out there? I thought, and I guess the way I kind of approached Next Steps was, or approached starting to look for different jobs was just thinking about what I loved. And that was events and booze <laughs> at that time. Um, well, still still to this day. Uh, so yeah, I just basically started looking at events, what kind of events jobs in the booze industry. That got me onto grad schemes in the booze industry um, and just getting a better understanding of the kind of fast moving consumer goods industry as a whole, um, which I literally knew nothing about. You know, I was, I think the same as anyone, you go to the pub, you see beer on the tap and, you know, you, you don't think about where that comes from. You go to the supermarket, you see products on the shelf, you know, you, doesn't cross your mind where they where those kind of come from through just kind of researching jobs in different companies i looked at the big boys looked at the fuller's grad scheme looked at diageo looked at ab inbev um and yeah just started getting a, a kind of understanding for, for that world and what kind of jobs there were out there be it sales be it marketing be it somewhere in operations logistics supply chain um, and I was definitely overwhelmed by how much there is out there. And uh, yeah, I started applying, to, started applying to jobs, basically. Whether it was through applying to those jobs or my existing interests, I actually got served an ad on Facebook. I think they called it a fireball fire starter, right? And this video just pops up on my feed. It was a guy dressed in a fireball uh, bottle costume. If anyone doesn't know, Fireball is a cinnamon whiskey liqueur. Um, it's a big like shop brand, big competitors are Jaeger uh, and the likes. And yeah, it got served this ad on Facebook of a guy dressed in a big Fireball costume giving out shots at a music festival. And I thought, fuck it out, that's me. Uh, that looks perfect. So I put my little application into that and got invited to interview, um, which was awesome. So I was up in Liverpool, came down to London to the old High Spirits office in Surrey, which, um, yeah, was, was this kind of, it was a fairly small, like cute little office and, uh, basically presented my pitch. So I pitched, uh, an activation plan for Fireball for the year. And that involved, um, like a big snow sports activation, music festival activation, and a bit of a business plan for how I would grow Fireball in Liverpool. And, James and Amanda, the, the marketing director and brand manager for Fireball at the time. Yeah, loved it. I don't know whether it was my pitch or the fact that, that me and James uh, both both loved the same bands and uh, we, we just chatted for about 20 minutes about music after the interview. Um, and yeah, I guess got, got the job in the end, so. And you enjoyed it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved it. The experience was, super intense. So to talk a little bit more about what a brand ambassador is and what that involves, um, my remit was to drive 
brand affinity, brand awareness and trial of the brand across the north of England and Scotland. Bit of context, Fireball was a very young brand to the UK at the time. It's the biggest, it was at the time, the biggest spirits brand by volume in the US. So absolutely huge US brand. You speak to any American or Canadian, they'll absolutely know what Fireball is. They'll probably absolutely love it. Um, and it had been bought over as part of a merger slash acquisition to the UK. It's about three years old at the time I started on the brand. So super, super baby when you're thinking about the scale of the kind of competition out there. Our remit was basically to try and replicate the growth that it had seen in the US from a bit of a longer process, but it basically been this exponential growth that it shot up to, you know, the stars. So building a, a plan to, to grow the brand through awareness, affinity and trial, I guess you can further divide that into kind of two parts. One part is the kind of on-trade activation picture. So that's going into bars, that's making friends with bartenders, introducing people to the brand, giving out shots, buying people drinks, basically being a bit of an instigator, being the life of the party. Yeah, did, did, did that wholeheartedly. The other half of it is like big ticket activation, which is probably the bit that, that I lean to a little bit more. So that is all of your festival activation. So we worked with the likes of Boardmasters, we worked with NAS, 2000 Trees, Slam Dunk, some like really fantastic award-winning music festivals. Um, and we go there, we set up bars, we give out samples, we sponsor stages, uh, get kind of product in musicians' hands and yeah, drive that kind of content and awareness on that side of things. We did a big ski trip out to Austria with um, the guys at Snowbombing, which was incredible. Um, so yeah, we took 10 of our kind of key accounts from the UK, so our biggest sellers by volume, uh, took, them out to, took them out to Austria and, and yeah, basically entertained them Fireball style for a week. Um, and the other big ticket kind of piece of that was a 10 day UK wide music tour. So we brought over some kind of amazing uh, US punk bands. So Lesson Jake, Goldfinger, Safe Ferris. Uh, it's pretty old school names. Don't know if, if your audience will know though, any of those guys, but it was pretty sick for us. Um, so yeah, took them on a, a, on a tour around uh, Academy Music Group venues and yeah basically threw 10 big parties and, and nearly sold out the tour so it was a super intense experience but I mean for for a guy who loves his events and, and kind of loves the the party side of the industry fresh out of uni it was mint. It it does sound fabulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's got to be tough though. That's got to be tiring. And was there a side of it where the parties were fabulous and it was, you know, a lot of fun, but was it tough to kind of keep going sometimes? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like it's, I think when you start out in, in the drinks industry, particularly, it takes you a while to learn work-life balance. Even now, um, you know, for five years down the line, still finding the work-life balance. I think when you're, wherever I was at the time, 22, you can, you can go for, you can go for miles, can't you? Um, so I think I, I was probably pretty tired, pretty burned out at points, but a, a young, a young person's dream. And I think I had the energy to, to smash through it at that point. But 
it, the whole thing's a bit of an act at times as well. So although you may be out three, four, five nights a week in nightclubs, in venues, at events, that doesn't necessarily mean to say that you're smashing, smashing shots you know every night um there's the old beer can trick where you kind of have an empty beer can and a shot in one hand and you take the shot and it goes into the empty beer can when everyone's kind of looking away so um yeah it 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 can definitely take its toll and a big part of the drinks industry is definitely learning to to have that kind of healthy work-life balance no i think that's important um some of these jobs, I think, can sound amazing, but there's always another side to it oh, that I like yeah, to yeah. kind of... It's, I mean, every, every job's a job at the end of the day, right? Precisely. So how did COVID impact you? Obviously, during lockdowns and all of that, we saw the hospitality industry shut down. How did kind of COVID affect your role and what did you do? Obviously, COVID had a huge impact on my role overnight. The on trade shut down the events industry shut down festival industry shut down music industry shut down so the the whole kind of core of my role uh yeah was just ripped out from under my feet the 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 team around me by that point as well had sort of started dissolving a little bit so uh james my my brand manager had moved on to, to another company and he was like really my uh advocate at high uh, high spirits he um created the role he nurtured us so so much he was so influential and so formative in in both mine and and matt the other brand ambassadors kind of career and he had moved on to another company actually on the subject of work work life balance he'd gone to a, a low and no business spirits business um to to get a little bit more work life balance back for himself amanda who was our marketing director who again really kind of nurtured and and curated our role and supported us moved out to work on the us business um so had left as well and i think we were already getting to a bit of a point where the new management didn't really know what to do with us uh so yeah covid comes along rips out the rips out the kind of industry from under our feet and we were yeah confined to working from home trying to do something to to contribute to the business so we rolled out a big bottle cocktail program to try and support the on trade and yeah that it, it was it was just went quiet overnight which was really strange and yeah i guess as a consequence of that our job had pretty much become redundant um it, it is the sad fact of the matter i'm an on trade event specialist there was no on trade, there were no events. There was not much that I could necessarily contribute to um, th- that I was an expert in. So yeah, got got to about, I think we got about a year into COVID and I was on a, a rolling contract at, at that point. Yeah, unfortunately the conversation was had that the contract's not gonna be extended. So kind of, yeah, thank you very much and, and good luck, which was, you know, it was absolutely, absolutely heartbreaking at the time. I think I was extremely lucky in the sense that I had my parents to fall back on. Um, you know, they were very happy to have me move, move back home. And, you know, it was, it was great during COVID to be around family and so many people in this industry had it so much worse. And yeah, people have been grafting and struggling ever since. Um, so 
yeah, it was tough. Personally, it was the it was you know it's loss of a dream job, which it was was horrible. Yeah. And what did you decide to do with your time? Um, obviously, there wasn't really a lot of other roles in that industry going at that point. That's not the time they were about to start hiring. So, how did you kind of fill your time? So I was yeah, I guess I was kind of I had a lot of time on my hands. First of all, um, as as we all did, and. I was seeing what was going on to this industry I loved around me. So I thought I wanted to do something that could in some way kind of contribute to that. So my kind of way of both doing that, giving myself something to do, embracing my creativity a bit was to set up a little e-commerce business um, whereby I basically just took photographs of pubs that were closed and, and made prints of them and sold them online um, for people's kind of frame in their house and and you know have a little bit of hope that that's going to come back one day um and yeah that that kept me occupied we raised a bit of money for for hospitality uk which um which is an on-trade charity that that was you know supporting people throughout that time and in all honesty it just it gave me something to kind of keep my sanity alongside that i did a little stint at majestic wine so the one part of the industry that was thriving was home delivery, um, direct consumer kind of stuff. So Majestic had a, a huge foothold in that from their kind of history. So mail order, uh, online order, wine, they needed some support in facilitating that. So did a little stint there. Um, and yeah, that got me got me through the, the, the second year of COVID pretty much. Good. And I, I think it's nice to hear that you used your creativity um, and to help an industry that you loved. As COVID kind of came to an end, you started working as a pub manager, assistant pub manager, for a pub that was about to open. And what was that like? You're going in to the kind of pub life, whereas you've done a lot more of the supply of alcohol. What was the differences? And did you enjoy that as well? Oh, yeah, it was it was incredible um it was intense uh, again but yeah really amazing so we i got approached by a friend of a friend actually rob to come and help him open the magdala in Hampstead. shout out um chris is there running it now absolutely great guy got to plug it head down and have a drink so yeah the pub had been derelicts for eight years there was a landowner sitting on it kind of waiting to turn it into flats and the community around Hampstead had campaigned for a community asset award which is basically an award uh, that means the site has to be used as intended so as a pub um, yeah Dick Morgan the, the the owner kind of found Rob and Rob brought me in and yeah we built build it up from nothing basically um, we were stocking the shelves, we were stocking the cellar, writing menus, writing cocktail lists, writing food menus, cooking food, tasting food, building furniture, um, hanging pictures, like you name it. When I started, it was an absolute building site. We didn't have toilets, we didn't have a kitchen, we didn't have, you know, anything that you needed to run a pub. But we had a bar and that was about it. So yeah, we built it out from absolute scratch over the course of about six months. It was intense and, you know, we were so lucky that at that time we 
managed to pull together the most amazing team. So Rob, Carmen, Kyle, uh, myself and all the guys that, that kind of worked full-time, part-time, whatever we needed. Uh, and yeah, managed to, uh, at probably the worst time to open a pub in history, managed to get this thing, scrape this thing off the ground tooth and nail. Um, yeah, it, it was an incredible experience. I learned so, so much. In that pub, you are HR, you are procurement, you are, you know, you're front of house, you're a chef, you're marketing, you're sales, your events, you are everything that goes on in that building. It's, uh, it's a lot and, you know, we, we only got through that because we were lucky to, to cobble together a, an amazing team of people. And yeah, for me, that was always, it, it was always kind of a temporary thing. I knew that after working, as you said, in supply for a few years, I wanted to go back to the coal face and serve some serve some punters some drinks basically. So yeah, it was awesome. And after we got the business up and running, I had kind of come to the point that it was probably time for me to take a step back. And I knew that I wanted to move, um, yeah, back into the kind of supply side of the industry. So again, yeah, just started kind of tapping up contacts and tapping up LinkedIn and, and seeing what was out there, really. And so where did you end up going back to um, on the supply side? You didn't go kind of back to High Spirits and Fireball. You went somewhere different. You wanted to stay in London as opposed to up in Liverpool. Kind of where where did you find yourself? Yeah, that's right. So the big question for me at, at that point was uh, marketing or sales, basically. So the brand ambassador role was kind of a hybrid, but probably leaning more towards the marketing and events side. Um, but it had a sales element and having worked in the pub, something that I'd kind of started to take on was a lot of the commercials and was basically starting to realise that I was pretty illiterate when it came to business and commercials and finance. Uh, I think in, in this industry, the best way to learn that is is sales. Yeah, decided that I'd start looking for some sales jobs, found the north london account manager role for global brands um which global brands are super interesting company as well they do uh some real late night beverages the likes of vk uh, which i think is the biggest ready to drink uh product in the uk on trade we've got hooch which is a sort of alcoholic lemonade uh which is which is super kind of late night as well and then franklin and sons which is uh, tonics mixers and soft drinks so it's a real it was a real kind of range of a portfolio some similarities to the stuff I'd worked on before but also kind of some very different stuff um, so yeah it's really interesting to, to get into the sales side of things learn a little bit more about how the marketing activity is funded um, and yeah just kind of learn about business as a whole I guess and and GP, margins, P&Ls, all that kind of stuff, and really owning those numbers. Um, and actually, you know, to, to the horror of my high school maths teacher, absolutely loved that that side of things and, and began to realise that once I understood the numbers, I was actually kind of very good at, at the commercials um, and the kind of more business side of the industry as well. So great little experience. And how did you get into your current role? So I um, actually applied for the North London account manager role at Signature Brew as well. Uh, so it was my patch, 
when another I kind of had decided that I wanted to move away from a the late night stuff and the the kind of soft drinks mixer stuff was quite cocktail and premium heavy I'm not I like a cocktail I like a nice bar but I'm not necessarily a super premium guy um I was kind of suited and booted around you know the west end in the city um every day and yeah felt basically just putting on an act um I didn't feel sort of super comfortable in my own skin and definitely didn't feel super comfortable putting on a sort of shirt and, and shiny shoes every day so um yeah just started casually looking for similar roles in in the similar area and also I knew I wanted to go into beer it's a little bit simpler in one sense it's one product you put it on the bar you don't need to add it to anything you don't need to write a cocktail list for it um you know it, it's beer and it's what I drink fundamentally as well so it's always been the goal um so yeah saw the, the North London account manager I'll come up with signature brew applied for that went for an amazing interview had a really really good chat with the guys there yeah came out feeling really really positive was kind of surprised when they kind of came back to me and said we don't think you're quite right for this role um so I was yeah really disappointed it was a big blow I thought it's music it's my kind of it's the brand that I love to work with kind of calls back to the fireball days however a few months down the line, the sales director actually popped me a message on LinkedIn and asked me to meet him for a coffee, uh, which I ignored. Um, so uh, that was a bit silly. He then, about three or four weeks after that, pops me another message on LinkedIn. And I thought, ah, oh, right, I better, see, I better see what's going on here. Um, so yeah, went and met Curtis for a coffee and was yeah he kind of introduced this hybrid new business and route to market role it, it was a real role that would allow me to kind of grow into and learn learn heaps um so yeah absolutely jumped at the bit for that my advice would be if someone pops you a message on linkedin maybe don't ignore it um uh yeah started started in october at signature brew amazing i mean it sounds like it's the right role for you and what you're kind of looking to do next so do you have any plans for the future um, or any idea kind of where you want this role to take you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, as I said, it's it's a huge opportunity of a role. So as a business, uh, we've been super London centric. We're a London brewery, you know, 90% of our customers are in London. Um, my task is to expand that across the country. So I guess my sort of, aim for the future is to deliver on that and uh yeah grow this brand that that i love and uh yeah help be a part of this kind of super exciting startup brewery um get our name out there and and see where see where see where we go with it really yeah to finish up having heard your whole journey that might not be straightforward straightforward <laughs> yeah I was, I was trying to think of the right word for that kind of the expected journey what would you say to your 15-year-old self who was super academic and looking at the sciences? What advice would you give someone in that position? Try a bit hard to be a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I would say lean into your creativity. Keep, keep at the music. Keep at the, the kind of arts. Keep at the subjects that you love and the interests and the hobbies that you love. 
do what you love and not what you think you should. Um, but I think, you know, fundamentally, I would say back yourself, carry the confidence that you have as a teenager through and yeah, lean, God, just lean into it, man. Like you, you don't need to have a plan. You don't need to know where you're going in life. You don't even know half of what's out there. I mean, when I was 15, I don't, I definitely didn't know that the drinks industry was a thing. I definitely didn't know that fast moving consumer goods was a thing. I, you know, I, I didn't know half of what was out there. I certainly didn't have a plan. Um, but yeah, just go for it. I think that's very useful to, for some people to hear. Thank you very much for joining us. I think this has been a really interesting episode and I look forward to seeing the responses. Thanks for having me. Sorry for that intensely long rambling rundown of my uh, career history.